Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. And we are back. First Strike is back on VEASAN for the first time in 2022. I am Dave Ross. We've got a great hour before you make any wagers on UFC Fight Night between Calvin Cater and Giga Jakatse. For the next hour, Nick Kalika is going to join us here momentarily. Lou Finicaro, Jordan Sherwood, and Reed Kuhn to get you all the updated numbers before you make those wagers here at UFC Apex in Las Vegas. But we have had a three-week hiatus and I know that's a long time for MMA fans like myself, but we are back, and what a banger of a main event this one should be between Cater and Chikotse. Obviously, these guys are fast trackers in the 145-pound division. Right now, we've seen Giga as big as a minus 240, minus 235 favorite we're seeing right now via DraftKings. Uh, this line has actually gone up. But I am here at Circus Sportsbook, and the man that actually sets the numbers behind me is right next to me right now. Nick Kalika, it's always a pleasure to have you back on. Happy New Year for the first time as we get to talk MMA here in 2022. It is interesting because I know fight fans like myself, they're starved, they can't wait, and now we finally have it back. What did you see from the MMA community in the last three weeks when you posted those numbers for this fight? Were they just chomping at the bit to get back and wager? Uh, Not quite. I mean, because we've had them up for a couple weeks, obviously, like you said. So, uh, But now we're starting to see that action trickle, and everybody's kind of itching to get back, like you said. (laughs) So it's it's awesome, man. I'll tell you what, three or four weeks without UFC is tough. It is tough. And so, Nick, I know when you put those numbers up, and obviously Giga Chikatse right now does feel like the fast riser. It wasn't that long ago that Calvin Cater had the same type of, of pedigree. We thought, hey, this guy's on the come up. And, of course, Max Holloway happens. It's Max Holloway. We yeah. understand it. But he is a sizable dog here uh, for the Boston uh, the Boston stopper, Boston finisher here in Calvin Cater against the guy with, known for his kicks in Giga uh, Chikatse. Have you seen any movement on the underdog in Cater of this? Is this all one-way Giga action right now? So far, it's been mostly Giga action for sure. I mean, the line open, I think, market-wide around minus 170, minus 175. Um, and then it got bet up right away. I opened it around minus 210, minus 215 at Circa, and we immediately got sharp action. So I had to move the line, adjust it. I think it's minus 240 for us right now as it wow. sits. So, yeah, and it's, it's been steady. So we're not seeing a ton of action on the dog cater, but I expect the money will come in at some point. He's a great fighter, like you said. I mean, he made it all the way towards Max Holloway. If you make it to Max Holloway and get to fight <laughs> Max Holloway, that says a lot. So. He, and, again, because this is a big step up for Chikatse. I mean, let's be honest about that. He's been looking for top five, top ten guys. Now he's going to get it in Calvin Cater to put, put him in at, at that big a favorite and to see get bet up. I wonder if there's a little bit of caution there, but we do know that he's got a flashy style. Right. The over-unders in this one is was very interesting to me, and it felt like when it came out at two and a half, and I believe it was about one, minus 150 initially, mm-hmm. that got bet up very quickly as well. So I think people are expecting a fight script of Chikatse, but not necessarily early, possibly getting Cater later. Well, I think originally some of the books out there posted four and a half rounds, believe it or not. Then it was three and a half rounds. So it started getting bet down. But by the time the market kind of most of the market kind of caught up and posted the line, it was around two and a half, like you said. And then so that's where you saw some action come back in on the over, because obviously if it got bet down by the smaller betters early on, then the limits got increased a little bit. So then some of the sharper betters are betting it over, like you just said. All right, talking, of course, with Nick Likas, who sets the lines here at Circus Sportsbook, also does a great job at VFC on the line on UFC Fight Pass. So check that out as well. We'll get to that in a second. Are you seeing combinations now where people, if they don't want to lay the big number here in Chikotse at, say, minus 235, are they looking for those those scenarios where they say, all right, I'll take Giga and the over 
in the rounds to try to get better bang for the buck? Yeah, we can see some of that for sure. I mean, props, again, when a line is to a certain point and a lot of people can't find true value at minus 245, they look for the props or, like you said, a parlay. Or you could just bet the total if you think this fight. I mean, both these guys are so durable. I think we are going to continue to see some sharp action on the over. And again, fight to go the distance right now. You're getting plus value there at plus 130. So again, if you if most of the people are betting it to the over, that's why it's juiced right now at minus 175 at two and a half rounds. There might be some value there if you want to go for a fighter and a decision and getting that win and right. decision, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think Giga is kind of the wild card here because, I mean, his finishing, especially his finishing ability towards the body, like, you know, yes. he gets that oh, Giga man. kick going as well. So I, I don't. I think a lot of people will start betting the under as well. So I don't see this line kind of flying too far over. But like you said, the fight actually to go to the distance, if you're getting plus money, you might want to target that. Yeah, and, and again, when you look at Chikatse here, who is right now a climber, we're thinking possibly if he looks good against Calvin Cater, which is tough to do, that he could be in line for a title shot. Name recognition always goes a long way. I know when you set those numbers and, and the way you see outside of the Sharps, the, that money coming in. Are they coming in even though maybe Cater could be the better, well-known American fighter, but you can't say globally, I think it's starting, that name's starting to resonate. Absolutely. I mean, and then you look at his last few performances. I mean, beating Cub Swanson like he did and then beating Barboza like mm. he did. I mean, that, that goes a long way. So I think that's fresh in people's mind. And Barboza, his stock rose so greatly because of that win. I mean, Barboza historically is one of the best strikers we've seen in the right. sport. I mean, he's so good. So to go out there and beat him at his own game, so to speak, was just phenomenal. So I think the hype is at an all-time high right now for Chicago. It really is. So let's see if he can get it done. I watched the stare down today, Nick, and I got scared just watching these guys. <laughs> Nobody broke eyes in that stare down. Uh, let's talk about a couple of heavyweights here, and I wonder if you're getting any action here on Chase Sherman against Jake Collier. A small line here, a small favorite here for Collier. Uh, Sherman is maybe the more well-known fighter right. in this one. Are you seeing any money coming on this fight yet? Collier is the popular side. Yeah, Collier's starting to get the action. A lot of people believe that. I think he's a little little bit more consistent at this point. I mean, if you look at Sherman, he's kind of been up and down in his performances too, not just his record in the UFC, right? So even in the last fight, I think both these guys showed kind of a little bit of weakness, meaning it seemed like they didn't want to be there, so to speak. But I think you get more consistency with Collier. So I think that's why the people are coming in. They trust him a little bit more and the line's kind of going his way. And as we talk now, Nick, and we're about 24 hours before this card uh, begins here, do you see more late action, though, or, or are we starting to see it trickle in? As you said, it's coming in early now on Collier. Will that, that trend continue, do you think, in the next 24 hours? We'll see. I, I know there's going to be buyback on Sherman for sure because it is a heavyweight fight, right. of course, as we know. And, and these are kind of the same tier heavyweights as well, right? So I don't think it's one side's going to pull all that far off. If it does climb up to 150, 160, I guarantee there's going to be some buyback. There's going to be some scalpers that come back in and just get off it and just make a definite profit, right? Exactly. And with heavyweights, you just never know because it just takes one. So maybe you will see some of that money come back on Sherman. Uh, Let's go down to what should be a very exciting fight here whenever you have Brandon Royval stepping into the octagon here. Small favorite against Rogerio uh, Bontorin right now. Royval at minus 160. Any movement on this number since you posted it? Yeah, I mean, for us, we posted it about where it's sitting right now. So it's been steady and we've been getting two-way action on it. It hasn't been that crazy, but I think market-wide, it, it did open around minus 110 to pick them. So early on, all the smaller bettors came in and pounced and, and raised that line to where it is right now, too. So a lot of times in the, in the bigger markets, we see a lot of these sharps faking, making fake moves. So early on, when the limits are low, they'll come in and bet one side, and then when the limits get increased, they'll come in and fire on the dog right. the other way with a bigger you know margin for, for victory for them and bigger profit. But I don't think that's the case here. I honestly think that people realized that Revile was probably set a little low, so they came in on that side. And we know next week, obviously, at UFC 270, we're going to have the title fight there. Maybe one of these two guys here at 125 pounds, we're looking for new blood uh, with Moreno and Figueredo. Maybe the winner here, if they're impressive, that can last in Dana White's eyes as they try to get new blood there at the 125-pound title limit. All right, let's talk about Caitlin Chikagan against Jennifer Maya because Maya right now, a sizable underdog here, about plus 155 is what I'm seeing here. This is a rematch between these two ladies. What have you seen here market-wide so far? I mean, people are betting this fight like Chukagian won again already. So, I mean, because she has that win in the first fight, it was a unanimous decision. She deserved to win that first matchup. I think people are just thinking, okay, it's going to be a similar fight. You know, it it was similar priced. I mean, now we're starting to see a little bit higher than it was the first time around. It's around minus 160-ish, I believe. Now it's like minus 180, 190 in some places as well. So people are coming in on Chukagian. They're taking her to win by decision as well. Mm. So I I don't know, man. I I think that it's going to be a competitive fight. We know that for sure, Right. right? It is interesting because in a close first fight, right, everybody's just going to, oh, Chikagian's going to win again. And I know rematches tend to go that way a lot of times where the result doesn't change. But that was a very close fight, uh, to your point there. I do want to talk about a couple other fights here and maybe some other ways here uh, very quickly. 
minus 360 to go the distance in this one. So again, nobody thinks there's going to be a stoppage inside of three rounds here, right? That's correct. And I doubt there will be. I mean, especially on the Chukagian side, it's not like she goes out there and finishes everybody she fights. So I think if she wins a fight, it's more than likely obviously going to be on the scorecards. And you have to lean that way for Maya as well. But if there's going to be a finish in this fight, I think it's probably on Maya's end mm-hmm. out of the two, right? I mean, she's got a little bit more power. Yeah. And I think, you know, she has that ability to, to submit you when she's on the ground. Not that Chukagian doesn't. She actually has a very underrated submission game. She just doesn't use it a lot, right? So I think they will neutralize each other out, and there's probably not going to be a finish. All right, so again, minus 400 if you want to take that over for two and a half rounds. So again, uh, people out here in Sin City expecting this one to possibly go the distance. I mentioned some of the other names on this card, Nick, that I think just from fight fans like me, I go, what year is this? Court McKee still out there fighting? And uh, he's minus 105 right now in his fight. When you get a guy like Court McGee, very popular, we've known him for, for over a decade here in the UFC, Again, do you see that money come in on him because he's the more well, well-known well fighter than his opposition in this one? Uh, it's the age, I think, that's kind of keeping betters away from him a little bit. I mean, he hasn't looked that bad. You no. know, he's Historically, he's been a great underrated fighter in the UFC. I mean, the guy has it all. He's hard to take down. He's got decent striking. He's got that fight IQ. He's got the ability to kind of take over control fights. And he's a sleeper in the division. He always been, but he's 37 years old. And he's facing a young gun that's coming in, obviously hungry, trying to find his way into the UFC. So more action is coming in on Brihimai, and it's actually some sharp action that we're seeing hit that side as well. So it's not just square action. So the young fighter is getting the action right now. You know, it's so funny because the first fights that we mentioned, all of them, basically identical in age. And then you get to this fight and you see where that disparaging uh, age difference takes place here. And you can understand why that money is coming in on the much younger fighter. I I mentioned some popular fighters. I don't know that they get much more popular than Boom Kelleher, just his style of fight that when Brian's out there, he's looking for a finish. He's looking for a stoppage. He's looking for a knockout. He's heavily favored to do so here. Minus 310 against Kevin Kroom. Is this, again, where guys like to watch him, certainly during the pandemic. Uh, It seemed like he was fighting every card there for a while. Uh, Any money coming in on Krumers is all one-way action. Now, it's been more action towards the favorite, like you said, and Kelleher here. I I mean, Kroom is stepping in on very short notice, too, right? He's a replacement. I did reach out to James Cross's coach, and James Cross did tell me that he's always training. Kroom's always in the camp, and he was actually expecting a short-notice fight. Hmm. So I don't think he's going to be that far off shape. And it should be a pretty competitive fight. It's very difficult to bet it where the line is right now. But Kelleher is the rightful favorite. And like I said, we're going to see more parlay action continue to come in that way. Got about 30 seconds to go. I mentioned UFC on the line here. UFC Fight Pass. Tell people what they're going to get here when they watch. Especially when you touched on the Roy Val Bontarine fight. You guys have to tune in to UFC Fight Pass and just check that out. Because between Yanni and I, it was a little bit of fireworks. So this oh. is one of the funnest episodes that we've had for sure. Okay, got to check him out. UFC Fight Pass. UFC on the line. Nick Likas, uh, it's just good to be back. And good to be talking fights with you. When we come back Luke Vinicaro is going to join us as well. Don't go anywhere. It's First Strike right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet on the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you're going to be able to bet on more ways than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. Eligible restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Back here on First Strike on VEASAN, I am Dave Ross and it's always a pleasure to have Lou Finicaro join the program. Follow him on Twitter at GamBlue. And you got to check out his Bout Business podcast, breaking down everything going on in the world of MMA. Lou, great to uh, talk to you again, because I I feel like after three weeks, it's just too long to not talk fights. Before we get into these fights here uh, on Saturday night, tell them what they're going to get when they tune into the Bout Business podcast. Well, Dave, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. This is a really excellent show. Uh, Good perspective from a couple different great handicappers. And then the voice of MMA, Nick Kalikas, and and you do a great job distributing, Dave. The Bout Business podcast simply is 15 to 17 minutes of my final UFC releases each week. Uh, It drops sometime Friday afternoon uh, so that uh, people can tune in, listen for 15 minutes, and then uh, decide what they want to do, if anything, with regard to the fights the next day. Absolutely. And I know that uh, when we were talking about this fight in particular, when you look at the main event here in Calum Cater and Giga Chikatse, you and I spoke about this almost, I'd say, a month ago here as we were waiting to get some action after this three-week delay. And we just had Nick on. And, and to your point, Lou, when you saw the numbers that he put out initially, and again, he mentioned the over-under in rounds, he had to almost get it down to two and a half because it started off four and a half, three and a half. He had to get it down to two and a half. And at two and a half, it's really been bet up. So right now we're looking at somewhere north about 170 minus 170 minus 175 to take the over in this fight at two and a half. Do you like that side or do you like a a straight up total here with Giga, even though he's a big favorite right now over $2? Well, I think that Giga should be favored in this fight, but I think 235 is reflective of too much bias on his side based on his success against Cub Swanson and Barbosa. And it's also, I think, a detriment to Cater because uh, of his result with Max Holloway a year ago. But Cater's been off a year, and Giga's in with a really durable guy. And the last real durable, thick kind of a fight he had was uh, about four fights ago, and it was a decision. And so uh, I think Cater is being a little bit undervalued. More importantly, Dave, I think that total of two and a half, uh, I think that number uh, was inviting to go over at 175. I still think it's inviting to go over. And and really, if you look in the marketplace, a lot of folks have changed this total to three and a half. Mm -hmm. So I think if you can still get that two and a half, even though you got to pay a little bit more than when we released it, uh, early in uh, or late in December, I still think two and a half minus 170, 175 is a good price. It's not giving Cater the credit for his durability. It's an excellent point, Lou. And I do want to stay on that fight script for those people that are going, wait a minute, they're double dog daring me to take the under in this two and a half. Cater has been off for that year, right? We know what you got to say, those kicks can come from anywhere, but he might try to feel out. Uh, the stronger opponent here in Calvin Cater and try to avoid those right hands. Is that why the over, even though it's juiced here at minus 175, still is the right side to be on because you just can't see a firefight in those first five minutes as they try to feel each other out? I think if there is a firefight, it's Cater. Cater's a guy that puts out five significant strikes a minute, takes eight, which shows you that he's coming forward and he's making the fight. 
Giga, on the other hand, he lands 3.7, takes 2.7. Giga wants space, room. He wants to move around and make it precision and, and really quickness and speed, skill. That's Giga. And the issue with Cater is when he fought Moicano, a long, skinny, tall, rangy, quick guy, and when he fought Holloway, the same kind of fighter, he got beat. And that's what Giga is. And that's why I'm willing to give Giga the favorite position. I just don't think two and a half is reflective of Cater's ability. And further, Dave, I think when this fight maybe gets to round three and round four, I think Giga has a chance to chop Cater down in those later rounds. That said, I also feel that the slighter, thinner man Giga could wear down in the championship rounds to Cater's pressure and Cater could in turn get him out. It's really a compelling bout. Well, that's interesting because, again, there is plus money for the fight to go to the decision here, plus 130. But, and I know you're always really good at this, Lou, is you find the best value possibly depending on the outcome that you think is the most likely to happen. Depending on which side you might be on, if you like Chikotse, but the fight not to go the distance, that's plus 120 just for Giga to win inside the decision. So if you don't want to lay that big number of minus 235, minus 240 that we're seeing, might that be a better value play if you want to back Chikatse, but not to go the distance? It is if you're wise enough to know whether Chikatse is going to finish him or whether this goes to a decision. And, and that gets tricky. Uh, and I know the value is enhanced. Uh, to me, what I believe that I'll set my foundation for this whole fight card on is over two and a half. Okay, I'm with you on that play as well because I listened to you about four weeks ago on that. Uh, Lou, let's talk about uh, when you have a rematch here and Caitlin Chikagan against Jennifer Maya here. What's interesting to me, and Nick Likas and I just touched upon that a little bit, all the money seems to be coming in on Chikagan again. Now, again, she won the first time out, but it was a close fight here uh, between these two women, and now... As Nick said, the, the number just keeps going up, up, up. She's minus 180. Are people forgetting who Jennifer Maya might be? Is this a live dog scenario? I really believe it is, Dave. When they fought the first time a couple years ago, Maya closed plus 120. And while Chukagian was able to keep her at distance and pitter-patter her way to a decision, it was Maya that had an advantage at top control. And so we know Shukagian's fight game is going to be to maintain distance and try and keep Maya on the outside with long kicks and jabs. What is Maya going to do different this fight than last? I don't know, but I do like the fact that she's coming off Valentina and a fight with Jessica I, two capable girls. And really what I think the especially I fought fight showed us was that Maya's a pretty mean gal. And with that Brazilian jiu-jitsu, if she can find a way to control Chikagian, get her on the ground, Chikagian only has 52% takedown defense. I think there's a path for Maya here. Further, Maya plus 155 not only represents value, the over in this fight is two and a half over minus 400. Maya via decision plus 240. Don't forget to use some of that. See, that's that's the smartest way to handicap. Instead of laying the minus 400 to go, to go over two and a half rounds, couple that, as Lou just did here, with a pathway to victory for Jennifer Maya, and then you're getting plus money here at plus 240. Uh, what's interesting here is you, you look at it inside the decision for either fighter, right? If you just thought that somebody's going to get the stoppage of somebody— you could play it technically both sides. As long as the fight didn't go to the decision, you're going to win money. Plus 500 for Chikagan, plus 600 for Jennifer Maya. Is that just taking a shot in the dark to say, all right, inside of three rounds, somebody's going to get the stoppage. I'm just not sure who. I would do that in the heavyweight fight, maybe in the co-main event. But it, when there's a total that's two and a half over 400, they're telling you it's going to decision. And Chikagian fights to decision, and so has Maya. So I, I don't think that would be something that I could risk, uh, Dave. I, I would just as soon try and decide which of the two women is going to win, take them by decision, and, and convert that to more advantage. I got about another minute to go here with Lou Finicaro. And, Lou, when you look at the card here, and I, there are some interesting names on it, even in the prelims when you see somebody like Court McGee or Brian Boom Kelleher uh, on this prelim card, is there any fight outside of the main uh, event and possibly the co-main event that really grabs your attention? Well, I'm trying to stay away from these undercard fights because there's been some shuffling. Mm -hmm. But Kelleher 
is a guy that's really challenged as far as height. He's got a good fight game, doesn't win all his fights, but he gets a short-notice opponent in a guy named Kevin Kroom that's going to be five inches taller, a little bit younger, and have a seven-inch reach advantage over him. The thing with Kroom is Kroom is playing with 48 out of 52 cards. He he ain't all there. And I do regard him, based on his grappling acumen, as a challenge for Kelleher. I just don't think he has the skill on the feet to use his length and reach, but at plus you know, 250 or 300, he might be a flyer. Okay, and very quickly, because I always love to get your insight on this, I know how closely you watch these weigh-ins and sometimes these stare-downs. I watched the one with Chikatse and Cater today in the main event, and neither guy broke eyes with the other after they were separated. I, it was almost like, who's going to blink first? Did you glean anything into that stare-down today? I gleaned two world-class 145-pound fighters that are going to go in there and take longer than 12 and a half minutes to decide their fight. Love it. Lou Finnecaro, always appreciate the time. Follow him on Twitter, at Gamblue, and check out the Bout Business Podcast. Just getting it cranked up. Much more to get to on First Strike. When we come back, Jordan Sherwood's going to join the program. Come on back. It is First Strike on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on First Strike on Visa, and I am your host, Dave Ross. It's always a pleasure to be joined by Chicago's finest, Jordan Sherwood. You can follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Woodon1063. Does a great job at ESPN Chicago. Uh, Jordan, Happy New Year. You guys are the last people I can say this to because we've been off for three weeks, but the UFC is back, so therefore, so are we. Let's get right to the big boys and to the heavyweights in this one. When you look at Sherman against Collier here, and right now, Jay Collier has been taking some of the money but I think you think Chase Sherman might be a live dog in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised that Jake Collier has continued to get the uh, the, the money. Um, look, this guy is an inflated middleweight. I mean, that's what he used to fight at. Now he fights at 265, and he hasn't looked good. Maybe he looked okay against Carlos Felipe, but he beat 
uh, John Volante, but nobody's, you know, everybody's really basically doing that. And Chase Sherman is a bad matchup for him, a guy that's going to stand in there in the pocket and trade with him. Hits hard, can take a lot of damage as well. And look, yes, I get it. Chase Sherman is one in five in his six fights, but he's a banger. He keeps coming. Good cardio for a heavyweight. So, yeah, I, I think money is certainly worth being invested on Chase Sherman as a live dog against Jane Collier. And Jordan, uh, Jordan, to that point, do you think that Sherman might extend this fight? It's only a three-round fight, obviously. Uh, but could this go deeper than people think? Because he does have a, a pretty good chin here. He does seem like he can he can certainly take a punch. We know that, and he can deliver. Or do you think there's going to be a quick night for one of these two heavyweights? Yeah, it's it's shocking to say that uh, when you get low level heavyweights, you think the over is in play. But I, I think it is. I, I think that the, these two guys are both hard headed. Sure, they are knockout artists. But I would look to the, the you know the, for the the fight to go to the over. I think certainly in play then would be Chase Sherman. You see there, plus 330. That's brilliant if you're going to take that. So, yeah, I, I definitely think. And it probably also has to do with the fact that neither of these guys are tremendously athletic and tremendously have a large arsenal of striking uh, at their uh, you know disposal. So, Rock and Sock and Robots, likely fight, entertaining fight, maybe fight of the night. I like Chase Sherman, and likely Chase Sherman via decision. Oh, and possibly the fight of the night. I like that as well. So, again, we talked to Lou Finnecaro in the last segment. He likes a lot of overs in this one. Jordan likes the over in that one as well, although you got to juice it a little bit, minus 170 for that fight to go over two and a half rounds. Okay, let's get to the other fight that I think most people are expecting this fight to go to the decision. That's to the ladies we go. And Caitlin Chikagan against Jennifer Maya. Very close the first time these two ladies fight are fought. And now we got the rematch in this one here. So Jordan, how do you handicap this one? Do you think it's different the second time around or another close fight? And most people expecting right now, Chikagin at minus 180 to get her arm raised in victory again. I think it's shocking that, that everybody like that is analyzing this fight had the reminder that they fought like, like two years ago. I mean, it's crazy to think about, but it is. And I think it's going to be the same exact result. You know, Kaylin Chikagin is a well-rounded volume kickboxer with a good ground game. She's got length. She's got height. Jennifer Maya is going to have to dirty this fight up. She's going to have to press Chikagi and against the cage, rough her up a little bit, and get to the clinch. And I just don't think that she has the skill set to do that. Caitlin Chikagian is a smart fighter. That's why she's gone to decision in each one of her victories. I think she's going to do it again against Jennifer Maya. I would handicap her more of like a, a 220-230 favorite over Jennifer Maya because I just don't see a way that Maya's going to win this fight uh, handily. So Ch- Caitlin Chikagin at a dollar 80, tremendous value in my opinion. I think it's the same result. Take the over, you take her via decision, and she gets her hand raised tomorrow night. And to your point there, Jordan, minus 125 for Chikagin to win by decision, right? So even though it's not that 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 big a number at minus 180, do you like that value at minus 125, knowing that that's the way Caitlin wins, right? She wins in the scorecard. She goes the distance. And at minus 125, even extra better value. Do you like that player? Just say, take the safer. Yeah, she's going to win. The tr- yeah, that's the trend. Dave, Dave that's the trend. Like, K.O. Chikagian is going to make history. Like, I think she's going to become the first fighter uh, to get, like, what, 10 wins and, and all of them via decision. Like, no <laughs> and, like no finishes. So, and Jennifer Maya is a tough out. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, she's a good fighter. She fought for the title uh, and, and deserves to be in this high-profile fight. But it's just everything that Jennifer Maya is going to bring, K.O. Chikagian has seen and, she, and and her skill set is just too much for her to handle. So yeah, Chikagian via decision is 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 the rightful play. But if you're worried about that, you think Chikagian's going to defy the odds to get the finish, fine. Then just lay the dollar eighty for her to get her hand raised. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. That if I'm playing that, I'm going to play the side of minus one twenty five that she gets that that win via decision. All right, let's get to the main event, Jordan. And look, I, I'm pretty pumped up for this one. Obviously, when you have Giga, uh, Giga Chikatse back into the octagon. And it's been a while since we've seen Calvin Cater back in there as he's been uh, out of the action for almost a year now. I don't know if people have forgotten who Calvin Cater is, but we know this is a, at least a, a top 10, if not top five guy in this division. Uh, but you look at, in the 145-pound division here, and then you look at Chikatse, and he feels like the, the fast riser here. And I guess that's why you can understand he's a minus 235 favorite. Is that rightly priced or maybe a little bit too high priced? I actually think it might be a little bit too low. I mean, look, I have to be reminded that Calvin Cater uh, headlined the first fight card of last year. I mean, and it was that long ago that we saw him just get obliterated for five rounds against Max Holloway. Calvin Cater is a fantastic fighter. He, he certainly is. But look, three of the last four fights of his have gone to decision. 
He's a good boxer, and he's not going to bring to the table what we need to see Chikazi go up against. And that's a good grappler that's going to look to take the fight to the ground. This is going to be a stand-up fight. That's Chikazi's wheelhouse. He's won seven fights in a row. Three of them have been brilliant finishes. The last one over Edson Barboza. This is definitely the highest-profile fight for Chikazi and the best fighter that he's fought. But I, I would have rather seen a grappler. I would have rather seen a guy that has that in their arsenal. Now, maybe, maybe Cater, like, worked on it during, uh, you know, his, his downtime. But the recovery of that fight that he took, the most amount of strikes that he took against Max Holloway, you couple that with his skill set, which is not a, a ground specialist, has it all day for me. I think he's tough enough to probably go to the judges' scorecard, so I don't know if I'm going to necessarily be competent in the finish. But Chikazi's going to win this and win it all day. Okay, I think you just touched on something that's very important to discuss, and that is Calvin Cater to find different ways to try to win this. Because to your point, if he stays at distance with Jakatze, those giga kicks are coming. We know it, and we don't know where they're going to come from, but they're going to come. And Calvin Cater can wrestle. He hasn't shown that a lot, certainly in the UFC. He's been known, as you mentioned, power striker, right? Throw those elbows like you got uh, Jeremy Stevens, a little heathen out with. And certainly Ricardo Lamas broke his jaw with that right hand. Can he, can he switch it up, Jordan? Can he try to take this fight down to the ground and see if he can grind out? And obviously that would lead to the over. And we know right now it is juiced heavily to the over at minus 175. Or do you see this fight just staying on the feet? Yeah, well, look, yeah, I mean, I, I, I truly believe that if Chikaze was in there, sorry, my son is going crazy. Chikaze, <laughs> uh, if he was in there with somebody that's going to look to take the fight to the ground, he's going to struggle. Cater, you know, he, look, he, he was a high school wrestler. Uh, he might look to do that. But in a similar fashion where, like, Brandon Royville, his storyline going in the Hojorio Bordoran fight is like, I've changed. I'm not going to be that crazy wild man fighter. You could say that, and Cater could say, look, I've worked on grappling. I'm going to be a grappler. At the end of the day, he's not. He's a boxer. He's, he's comfortable on his feet. So, no, I, I don't think it happens. I think it stays on the feet. And, again, that's Chikaze's wheelhouse, and that's where he's going to get the victory. Uh, again, I believe that Cater's strong enough to last those five rounds against Chikazi. Okay, so you clearly like the over then at two and a half rounds, which is juice minus 175. Uh, even Lou Finicaro said that's still decent value. I know most people shy away from that when they look at that juice. But again, it, to, for this fight to go the distance, uh, right now it's plus 130. Is there value there, Jordan, in your eyes? That Yeah, okay, Cater's not going to win, but he's tough enough to go all five you think that that might be a plus scenario that you like in this one? Yeah, just it's two of the things that I think I alluded to. Three of the last four fights for Cater have gone to decision. So, and, and look at that last fight. I mean, Max Holloway certainly isn't known as a KO artist, but the amount of strikes that he put on Calvin Cater over five rounds, I think, set the record, at least set the record for the featherweight division. So, even though Chikaze has won three fights in a row, three of them, or seven in a row, three of them, uh, impressive finishes. I think just Cater's just—he's got that Boston strong, you know. Dude, <laughs> I know it's hard, you know, you know, you know. I, I, but at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to believe in. And so Cater, I think, lasts long enough and gets it to the judges' scorecards, but he's going to lose it. All right, and Jordan. By the way, it's okay for your son to get excited because we're excited for this main event as well. Shuichi Katsai. I mean, I feel like it was—I feel like it was that viral video. Remember one when that that baby came in? I, I mean, I'm no—I'm no like diplomat or senator, whoever it was, but like, yeah, yeah my, my son, shirtless, coming in and, and having some fun on v It oh. happens. Hey, let's talk about Brandon Royval, because you mentioned this, he's going to switch up his style in this fight against Rogerio Bontorin. Uh, what do you make of Royval? He's a small favorite, and this one about minus 160 uh, we're seeing right now. The different style, does that scare you off, or do you think we'll still see Brandon Royval get wild as he normally does inside that octagon? I mean, selfishly, I kind of hope he gets wild because that makes what makes him such an entertaining fighter. Um, sure. I mean, that's the storyline. He said he's going to be more reserved. And if he's more reserved, he is 100 percent a title contender because I, I love his game. He's got a good chin. He's got good stand up. He's got wild submissions. He's got great cardio. And he came in with a lot of hype uh, from his days at LFA. Uh, and look, I think he was winning the Brandon Moreno fight until he had shoulder separation to put him out. But I stay away from this fight. Motoron's also a wild card. He was winning that Kaikar France fight until he got knocked out in that first round. I stay away and just watch this fight and enjoy it. Follow him on Twitter at Woodon1063. Jordan Sherwood, always appreciate the time and the information. When we come back, Reed Coon's going to join us right here on First Strike on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you're going to be able to bet on more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. Eligible restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Dave Ross back here. First strike on VEASAN. Always a pleasure to be joined by Reed Kuhn. And Reed, you're the last person that I can say Happy New Year to you as we welcome you back to begin our coverage of the UFC here in 2022 with what looks like a a pretty good card on paper. But, you know, you look at the main event, and obviously that's what's going to get all the attention with Giga Chikatse against Calvin Cater in this one. Uh, When you look at the card as a whole, do you go, all right, let's kind of tiptoe our way back into the 2022 waters? We know we've got UFC 270 next week. Or is this one of those cards where you go, yeah, there's, there's some good value that I actually like that your models see? It's tricky. Uh, I'm itching to get back in the seat and see some good matchups, see some good betting plays. Uh, I, I'm just not seeing it this week. I think um, dipping our toe back in the water, yeah, that's that's one way of looking at it. Another is just this is the reality of a COVID surge. We're going to see cancellations. We're going to see last-minute switch-ups. Um, I, I will credit, I have seen a lot of movements with fighters get, coming in on short notice and picking up the slack. So kudos to the matchmakers. I know they are working overtime right now. Uh, already working overtime for next weekend as well. But that doesn't leave me in a good spot when we're switching people last minute. I'm trying to rerun the numbers. And sometimes also a matchup falls out. We had two viable fighters facing each other. And now we got a new guy coming in on short notice. All of a sudden, that's a pass. So this is one of those weeks where when I looked at this a few weeks ago, I saw huge bets that I was going to be making and all of them got canceled. So I'm left with a few small plays, tentative, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be watching for sure because that main, that main event is going to be fire. Hey, absolutely right, Reed. And again, follow him on Twitter as I do at Fightnomics. But to your point there, the models don't like it when you have the replacements last minute come in, and really it's hard to gauge because of the uncertainty uh, of the unknown fighters, what type of fight camps have they had, all of those things. It's going to be hard to factor in. But we do know, as you mentioned, with the main event, when we have Calvin Cater against Giga Chikatse, this does feel like a firefight here. We obviously have seen where it's been juiced to the over. A lot of people think this fight's going to go deep into the Vegas night here, over two and a half. But right now, uh, Cater is a sizable underdog in this one. He hasn't fought in about a year since he lost to Max Holloway. What are the models showing you with Cater against Giga? 
Yeah, both guys show up really strong in striking categories. Uh, that's not you know a surprise to anyone. They rarely take takedown attempts. Um, they don't spend a whole lot of time on the ground, at least voluntarily. So uh, we don't really expect a all-over fight. We expect these guys to stand across from each other, and it's going to be a striking duel. What's interesting is that even though they both look strong on paper, they look strong for very different reasons. Chikadze is the power striker. He is throwing a lot of kicks, he's mixing it up, and he's swinging for the fences with his punches, not a lot of jabs. Whereas you have the flip side with Cater, he is working that jab game. Normally, he's a rangy guy. It actually won't be the case in this fight. Um, he's actually going to be the, the less rangy fighter. Uh, but Cater is definitely going to work on that jab game. And he likes to control the distance and really control the pace. I don't think he's going to be able to do that. Shikadze is an aggressive striker. Now, both men, I think, it, when it comes to the defense, unfortunately, we have deflated stats for Cater. His last fight against Max Holloway oh. was a lopsided drubbing um, record setting, perhaps, in terms of how many punches were landed. Unfortunately, I think that is deflating what I'm seeing on paper. It's making it look like he has bad head strike defense. I'm not sure if that's going to be true against anybody other than Max Holloway. We'll see. Uh, it it both it gives me an opportunity to say, hmm, yes, I do see a pathway for Giga Chikadze to maybe even get a finish because he hits harder than Max Holloway uh, and he has more kicking strikes. So I do see a, a path to victory. The model comes out basically where the odds are. We agree with Chikadze as the favorite. Not enough buffer, though, for me to want to lay money on top of that juice. Um, but here I am. I'm wondering how deflated are these numbers because of the Max Holloway fight? Because five rounds is a lot of volume, a lot of time, and it's the most recent fight we have to look at a year ago for Cater. So that gives me a little bit of pause. Um, I, you know, if anything, Cater fighting anybody else, uh, it's surprising to see him in this spot as such a big underdog. So I am taking pause here. Um, I'm probably going to pass on this altogether. I lean Chikadze as the winner. I think he's more likely to get a finish. That would be interesting to me. Hmm. Uh, but if it goes five rounds, you get you can't count Cater out for being a smart, uh, distance-controlled fighter. Yeah, it's interesting because we had Lou Fittacaro on earlier in the program, Reed. He kind of likes exactly what you're saying, that maybe Chikotse could get this done late, which I don't know that a lot of people are seeing that. Very quickly in the models, because I'm always fascinated by that. You can't throw out one fight, obviously, right? But when one fight, to your point about the Max Holloway fight against Calvin Cater— kind of skews it so much because he got so dominated and it was so lopsided and the fight did go that long. Is there a way to quantify that? Or is that as, hey, the numbers are the numbers and you can't take that fight out. Obviously, it was his last fight. It's been over a year. Is it just tough to factor in because it it, it was so one-sided in defeat? There are some techniques uh, like backdating or predating the models and trying to ignore what happened. Um, it gets a little tricky and messy I also try not to mess with a good thing, to be honest. Like <laughs> it's working for me, so I'm not going to mess with it. Um, but you're right. It, but it's one of those qualitative things that comes to mind as I'm trying to decide my strategy for a card. So this is one of those main events. I'm definitely going to be on the edge of my seat for it. I'm just not going to be as invested as usual. Yeah, very smart. And again, that's why the numbers never lie. And, and your numbers are up there as the very best in the business. Let's talk about Caitlin Chikagan against Jennifer Maya in this one. So for, for fight fans that watch this fight the first time, I think they're expecting a lot of the same. That Caitlin Chikagan, who wins by decision, that's what she does, will do that again against Jennifer Maya. What are the numbers and the models showing you? Yeah, in terms of performance, we do see advantages for Chikagan, um, but it's the size. It's a huge size discrepancy, and sometimes you forget it. Like, I see it on paper. I see, like, a number for... How tall someone is 69 inches versus 64 but then you see them go in the cage and you're like whoa one fighter is just towering over the other one with a massive reach advantage and it really does affect the dynamic of the fight sometimes when we see that big of a, a differential uh, because on the numbers they some of the performance metrics are actually identical like they they use similar pace and aggression um you know i wouldn't say one of them has a huge advantage over the other in terms of the skill set but when you factor in the size difference it means that Jennifer Maya is swimming uphill. Now, based on the current lines, Chukagian is not a huge favorite. She is a mild favorite, and I agree with that. I think if the price were to diverge any more, I would maybe take a small play on Maya. But really, I expect her to put up more of a fight this time. She's probably going to take it the distance. I think if anything I'm taking out of this bet, it's probably you know over 2-5 or goes the distance as a parlay 
uh, anchor for other bets um, because I do expect this to be competitive because the numbers are coming out so even but they are still leaning Chicago and it's just not worth the price. Yeah. And again, the fight to go to the distance there is minus 360, but at least it's not as bad as being juiced to the over minus 400 for two and a half. So if you think it can go the extra two and a half minutes there in that third and final round, better value at minus 360. Let's talk about the co-main event here. And this is, we're getting some split opinions here from our experts on first strike. When you look at Jay Collier against Chase Sherman and this one, Chase Sherman, the small dog here, in the heavyweight bout. And again, this one's juiced to the over. So I think they're thinking, even though these are big guys with, with one punch knockout power, this one more than likely will go longer into the night. What are the models showing you? And is Chase Sherman a live small dog here? Well, it's an interesting point. These are heavyweights. And so of course you're thinking, all right, is there going to be an early knockout? They always have that potential on paper though. These guys actually both come in slightly below average in their knockdown rate. So these are not the one-punch knockout killers of the heavyweight division. These guys are a little busier. That's interesting. Both guys tend to be busy. Um, I would say that Chase Sherman's, his defense is a liability. He's been knocked down three times, uh, and his head strike defense is probably the worst of anyone on this card. Now, that said, Jake Collier is not exactly pinpoint accurate. He has the lesser of the accuracies of these two fighters. So it is kind of back and forth. Now, overall, I do see more advantages for Jake Collier. So again, I agree with the favorite here, but also not enough to make a big bet on it. Um, I probably not going to see this go to the ground. Collier does have some ground stats, but Sherman has never taken the fight there. Uh, So I do expect these guys will kind of take a slow pace at each other. Um, And yeah, I I think as heavyweights go, this is one of the ones that's more likely to go on the over. Got about a minute to go here with Reed Kuhn. Follow him on Twitter at Fightonomics. Let's get to Brandon Royval against Bontorin here. And Royval, we talked about this, says he's going to switch up his style in this one. What are the models like in his old style? Did they like the old Royval? And maybe will they like the new one even better? Yeah, this one, uh, this one's interesting. I think uh, unlike some of the other fights, I actually do agree with the favorite. And I think there's maybe a little bit of value. So I might be taking a, a play on Brandon Royval here. Um, he is very busy, very busy pace here. Uh, aggressive fighter tends to really outpoint his opponents in terms of volume, whereas Bontorin is more reserved. Both guys actually have poor head strike defense, so they could be teeing off on each other, but at this weight class, less of a concern. So I'm actually backing Roy Vall. Uh, and by the way, if we're looking for an upset pick on the undercard, look at Charles Rosa Ooh. over TJ Brown. We could be surprised on the ground. Okay. Uh, and, and by the way, Reed Coon's going to join us next week right here in studio at First Strike in Las Vegas. Safe travels. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here on First Strike on VEASAN, the sports betting network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.